Hey everybody, this is Erica Connor and you are listening to Let's Be Real. All right. So for those of you that have been listening along, we are reading through the Bible in a year without really a plan. <laughs> We just, I keep winging it every single week. In the last two weeks, we've been reading through the book of Psalms. We are going to head into Genesis for this week. I know that's where you normally start out and read the Bible in a year plan. We didn't start that way, but now we're going back because next week I want to jump in to some kind of fun, cool, what I think is exciting theology. And we'll need to have Genesis kind of underneath our belt. Today, we're actually going to talk about a topic that I think is probably important for all of us to start acknowledging, addressing, maybe learning a little bit more about, but we're going to talk about trauma and even what that can look like inside of the church. So I have a friend here with me today. Her name is Kristen, and she's just going to talk with us and share with us about her experience with trauma, what that looks like, and her story. I hope you enjoy. Listen in. So one of my goals this year on the podcast is to have women in my life, in my circles, and maybe even people that I don't know that have wisdom and experience in specific areas to come on Mm -hmm. and chat with us about those, which is why you, Kristen, are here today with us because you have an interesting and unique experience around trauma. Would that be a fair descriptor? Yes, absolutely. So do you mind sharing a little bit of whatever you're comfortable with? just kind of what that background looks like and how you got to this place where you've experienced whatever you've experienced and what you have learned in the process. So I have been um, a believer for, gosh, 16 years now. So I've had um, a pretty close walk with the Lord for uh, a while. Um, And about eight years ago, um, my husband at the time and I got into foster care Um, and ended up adopting two sets of siblings. And so that was my very first introduction to trauma. However, I didn't know it at the time. I didn't understand trauma when I started seeing the trauma behaviors come out. Um, And then I uh, most recently ended up leaving that marriage um, due to domestic abuse. Um, And so I am a domestic abuse survivor um, and raising, you know, these four children on my own. So um, my history with trauma runs very deep um, and my understanding of it as it pertains to um, Christians has changed um, dramatically over the past few years. So why don't we start with this journey into foster care and kind of what that looked like in terms of your initial kind of first exposure, right? Like, oh my, now I'm parenting children that have gone through trauma. What did you kind of learn about trauma, what that looks like, how Mm -hmm. kids get through trauma? Um, Why don't you just kind of give us a little bit of what you learned through that? Yeah, so uh, the first few years were very much like honeymoon years. Um, kind of like if anyone is very familiar with the domestic abuse cycle, there's a honeymoon period where you feel like things are okay and everything's normal. And, um, there's kind of this baseline ability for everyone to function. Um, and that's kind of what it was like for, for us after adoption, there were several years where I had this perception of this is okay. This is great. You know, my, my kids don't have all these issues that I hear people talking about. 
Um, and then, you know, all of a sudden things started popping up slowly, you know, behaviors and aggression and violence and the language they would use and um, just dysfunction in their body. And at first, it looks like behavior where you just need to correct the behavior. But the more research I started to do, the more I understand it, understood that it was trauma. Um, however, unfortunately, I didn't have a um, partner at the time that believed that that was true as well. And so it was always addressed as behavior. Um, you're wrong, you're bad, go to your room. You're wrong, you're bad, stop doing this. Um, and so there wasn't a lot of room for healing trauma amongst the children for quite some time. Okay, so then let's fast forward. How long ago did you adopt the children? You have four? Yeah, so uh, between six to eight years ago, between all four of them, there was about a year and a half apart between the, the sibling sets. So in your kind of parenting journey, mm-hmm. would you say all four of them have some form of trauma? Oh, yes, absolutely. That you're dealing with. So what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned as a parent? So if we're talking to other parents that have children with trauma, like what are some of the bigger tips or lessons that you've learned in approaching trauma, not simply as a behavior, but as kind of, um, what would you call it, a state of being? Or how would you describe that? Uh, I would would describe it as a dysregulation of the nervous system. Okay, very formal. I like it. So what are some of the things then that you have learned along Mm -hmm. the way, just kind of basic tips and points, because I'm sure this could be a very long podcast if you went into all of it. But some of the bigger things that you've learned that maybe you had zero idea about heading into this. Yeah, I had. um, So just a a little bit about my background. I have well over 15 years in, in the field of health and wellness and have taught at the college level and thought I understood emotional wellness and, and mental health and the brain. I mean, I thought I understood a lot of this. I thought I understood human development and behavior, but it wasn't until I, I heard and read in an article that trauma changes the brain, that it physically and physiologically changes the brain and changes neural pathways in the brain, that I started to really dig deeper and look at my children's behavior different. And so that was my number one aha moment is that trauma changes the brain and the behaviors that I saw out of them weren't, they weren't being done to me and they weren't bad kids. They weren't bad behaviors. They were responses to a dysregulation in the nervous system from years and years and years of, of abuse and trauma and overwhelm. So I would assume even just that shift of perspective ended up just helping take a step back, calm down a little bit, like helping you address issues completely differently. It, it was the start. It took a lot and it still takes a lot to, it's, it's kind of like a dance. It's an art form. It's creative to figure out what they need in the moment when they can't verbalize what their body is feeling. And that's usually what dysfunction or a dissociative episode or a meltdown, whatever you want to call it in a child that has trauma, their body is just feeling out of control and they can't tell you why and they can't tell you what's going on. So they act out. And so being able to understand that was was kind of the next step. So I understood trauma changes the brain. They can't control what they're doing. Now I need to look at it from a different lens. So then... You're learning this a little bit about trauma in children as you're mm-hmm. raising them. And then you encounter yeah. your own trauma 
at the same time. So how does yeah. that all kind of roll into this bigger picture of your experience? Like, what is that like for you? What did you learn about adults in trauma through all of that? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the majority of my marriage was very um, emotionally and psychologically and spiritually abusive. So I didn't understand that what I was going through was also trauma and also traumatic to me. I just felt like I was stuck in this situation where I was feeling horrible and trying to raise these children who really need an environment to heal in. And so it was almost like an impossible situation. And I think while I was in it, I didn't see as clearly as I'm seeing now, which is for most of us, right? You know, hindsight's 2020 and we can see clearer once we're kind of out of it. So I'm just learning so much more now about things I should have done back then and the things I can do now to help the healing process for, you know, not just my kids, but also myself. You've walked through it with your children. You're walking through Mm -hmm. it in your own life. And where does that bring you now? Like, where are you, what has trauma brought you to right now in life? Yeah, because I tried so hard to get my kids help. And I just remember all of the, you know, we have, they have some very good therapists right now, but I, unfortunately, I think a lot of the faith community, we just like to give answers of, I'll pray for you, keep praying harder. Why don't you read scripture? And those answers are great, but they're not always the thing that people need to hear or need to need for an immediate resolution with something that's going on that's big, like trauma. And so, you know, I struggled seeking for help with, you know, friends that might be Christians that might have given that answer. And then I would seek help within the clinical aspect of practitioners and doctors and therapists. And their answers were, you know, well, if your kids do this, call the police or take them inpatient. And so I and you heard like probably like, this, um, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> like, I'm know, sure there's a and, major conflict there. Yes. And I've done both of those. I have prayed and I have shed tears and I have been on my knees and I have been in scripture and not that I don't believe that God can't heal or fix things but I so anyways there's this this gap um where you know I have called the police on my children before and I have taken my kids inpatient but none of those things solved the daily issues that were going on and so there was this gap for me of you know prayer and being in scripture is great, but it didn't solve the daily um, aggression that I was seeing from my children. And the inpatient and calling the, the police was almost more traumatizing for them. So I felt like there had to be a different way. There had to be some answer in the middle where I could help my kids heal. Um, and so I applied for graduate school and I'm um, currently in my third semester of a master's program for clinical mental health counseling. Um, And I'm also in another um, three-year trauma counseling certification program called Somatic Experiencing. And so that's kind of where I am right now. And it's just a really exciting time to learn a lot more about healing trauma um, and kind of unlearning some of the things that we thought would work before. That is super exciting. I love hearing in well, one, I think it's so important that we just hear each other's stories because even in the midst yeah. of so much bad and rough and difficult, God keeps working and he keeps yeah. moving and he keeps prompting. Mm-hmm. And here you are on a yep. path that you probably didn't really ever imagine 
And now mm-hmm. moving in a direction that may have been like a 90 degree turn, like, okay, this is what I'm going to go <laughs> do now. And God has put a lot of experience to use yeah. and will continue to, which is super exciting, which is why I always love hearing these stories. You learned a lot. You are still learning, which is super exciting. I can't wait to hear more about the things that you are learning. But from what you've learned so far, if you were talking mm-hmm. to a sister in Christ, brother in Christ, whoever, who is either dealing with trauma themselves or let's say me, who I'm not currently experiencing or have gone through great amounts of trauma, how would you encourage me in dealing with other believers with trauma? Like (laughs) the things not to say or what is the most beneficial and helpful? Because I think so many times we don't know how to interact or say, so then comes out the, oh, I'll pray for you, which is great. Please do so. But is there something additionally we can do to support those people walking that path? Yeah. So I want to read just a sentence from a book called The Body Keeps the Score. And it's a very popular book right now. Um, It's by Bessel van der Kolk. It's called Brain, Mind, and Body and the Healing of Trauma. And it was actually required reading for my trauma counseling one class last semester. Um, And it says, trauma, whether it is the result of something done to you or something you yourself have done, almost always makes it difficult to engage in intimate relationships. And so my, my biggest encouragement is someone who's been through trauma, whether they've been in, in an abusive situation, they've lost a child, they've um, been in a car accident, they've um, witnessed something difficult. It is very difficult for a trauma survivor who, who has not healed from that trauma to engage in an intimate relationship. And that also includes a relationship with God. Um, and so we shouldn't be surprised as, as believers, and nor should we ever shame someone if they're struggling in their relationship with God after a traumatic incident. Um, and, and sometimes they don't want to hear the, I'm going to pray for you. They just want you to sit and be with them and let them tell you how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Validate their feelings. It's okay. All of the feelings that you're feeling after trauma, it's okay you know, and I'm your sister in Christ and I'm just going to sit here with you and we can't fix it. And I think that's the number one thing. that is huge. Yes. And it is, I think it's just an immediate knee jerk reaction for those of us that serve and love to care and um, are encouragers is our knee jerk reaction is we want to fix it. Right. And so we come up with all these things that we know of that we think can fix their pain right now. It's, well, well, this scripture might've worked for me, so I'm going to give it to you yes. or, you know, prayer worked for me. So I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to pray for you or, um, you know, X, Y, Z resource worked for this person. So I'm going to give this to you. And that will overwhelm a trauma survivor, in, especially if it's very new trauma. Um, and so your job as a supporter of, of someone who's gone through trauma is not to fix it. That is, that will be my job in two and a half years. Well, I think you should say that, uh, say that one more time for all of us, for those in the back and for those of yes. us that we just really, for me that needs, because I am a fixer. I totally am. Yeah. And I know that yes. about myself and I'm continually trying to practice and learn like, just listen. Yeah. And sometimes it's really hard, but it's yeah. not our job to fix it. No, we are not, we're not fixers of our friends. We're not fixers of our sisters in Christ that are going through trauma. And sometimes 
we don't even need to just listen. We just need to be, just be still with that person for a while and let them feel what they're feeling and go through what they're going through and support them however they need to be supported. And, and really understand that if they're struggling in their relationship with you or with God or with someone else, um, that's, that's a result of trauma. That's a symptom of trauma and healing can happen, but it's not, it's not your job as their friend to, to fix it. Yeah. That's really probably the best advice that we can have right now. And I think that goes for so many things, right. In just so many aspects of life, it's very easy to get caught up in the, Oh, but I heard, which I'm so good at. And I was like, Oh, but I read this article or, Oh, I heard this. Like (laughs) I'm really good at that. So it's really great advice. Um, I mean, hello, I have a podcast where I just talk. So I can clearly just talk at people. So it's really a good reminder to be like, Okay, just sit me still. I wonder how it would go over mm-hmm. if I did a podcast next week where I'm like, I'm just here and just sat and was still and just quiet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would that make everyone feel uncomfortable? The awkward silence in the room. So many of us mm-hmm. can't deal with the awkward silence, which is also, I think, part of that being present. Yeah. Learning to just kind of sit in the silence. And it could be awkward for you, but it might just be what's necessary. Yeah. Or just asking what would help you right now in this moment? What, what can I do to help? Um, What would be the best for you right now? Do you feel as though trauma survivors or someone going through trauma, are they able to answer that question? Honestly, do they know? Cause I've gotten that from people before too. Like, I, mm-hmm. I just don't know, like out of frustration because then I yep. feel bad even asking and like, yeah. Oh, I should just know already. Cause they don't know. Yeah. Um, sometimes they don't know, but having them tell you, I don't know, is an answer, you know, based on what, how they respond, you can go from there. So if they say, I don't know, um, you could just say, would it be helpful for me to just sit here with you right now? And then you just sit, um, let them cry, let them grieve, let them, whatever needs to happen. Well, and I think maybe just asking that question, would it be helpful if, I think that's probably good. Just a good way to mm-hmm. throw it out there because they might be like, oh, actually, that would be helpful. Like, would it be yep. helpful if I went to Starbucks and got you your favorite drink? It yeah. might be. It may not be. Like, would it be helpful if I just bring you dinner tonight? Like, things like that. Maybe it's better mm-hmm. to ask very specific questions if they, yeah. if you find them in a place where they just can't answer. So yeah. I think that's really great advice. Is there anything else in terms of, like, this big world of trauma and even trauma mm-hmm. in faith circles, any last bit of advice or any summary, anything you'd like to offer? Yeah. I I mean, the biggest thing I learned about trauma is that it is just energy that's locked inside the nervous system where your body is just stuck in a fight or flight or even freeze response. Um, And it is not that someone can't just shake it off or they can't get past it or they're not forgiving or they're too bitter or resentful. Most of the times, trauma is is physiological and it's inside of the body and trauma doesn't trauma isn't the um circumstance or the act of whatever happened it is the overwhelm of the system your nervous system and not being able to handle it um and so i think it's good to differentiate you know a car accident isn't the trauma it is your body's inability to handle that immense amount of physical and emotional damage that happened. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I think even just that description is something that makes it a little bit clearer for me and hopefully for others to just Mm -hmm. kind of be able to sit with it. 
Um, and maybe even just have a little bit more patience and empathy. Yeah. Because it can be very and easy to be like, you're still struggling with this. Like, yeah. If you've never experienced. So just to yep. be able to understand a little bit clearer what it is that is actually happening and mm-hmm. then maybe be more patient and not just try to fix. Yeah. And, and something that was traumatic for one person could be completely nonchalant for another person. That is a super important, I think, distinction. Yes. Because it's very easy to then start comparing other people's like, well, so-and-so went through that and they seem fine. Yeah. And, and there are also um, so many different types of trauma that could happen even from birth. So an individual could experience a birth trauma and then no other traumas the rest of their life and still have residual issues and not know why. That is um, So that's experience, developmental trauma. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, a vast body of knowledge that I'm really excited about learning. And so moving that into the faith community, what I think we need to understand is that trauma, because it's, it's energy stuck in the nerve, it's the nervous system's inability to complete whatever it was going through, whether it's, uh, you know, you couldn't fight off your attacker, you couldn't run away from someone who was chasing you, you know, the fight flight response, your body is stuck in that process. And, and, Many times that leads to mental health conditions. Very often it leads to anxiety, to depression, to bipolar, to dissociative identity disorder, to many, many different things. And so my passion and my heart is for helping the church to be more open-minded about mental health. And that um, someone's anxiety is not because they're far from God. Mm-hmm. It is not because they're not praying enough. It is not because they're not a good enough Christian. Struggling with a mental health condition is not sinful. It's, it shouldn't be shamed. You know, we should embrace it and help people who are struggling with this figure out how to heal in the best way. Well, it'll be exciting, I think, over time that, Lord willing, we see resources like you mm-hmm. and others like you and even other programs or wherever it is hopefully come into the churches to be able yeah. to help support in a faith-based way, what they're able to, um, because mm-hmm. it's definitely something I think we can all agree that we see everywhere. Yeah, and absolutely. And common and on the rise. Unfortunately, I mean, it's a heartbreaking thing. This shouldn't be the way, right? But we, we right. live in this fallen world that we need yeah. to, as God's image bearers here to do his work, being his hands and feet, that we need to step into as a body. And that's what makes it so exciting to hear kind of all the things that you're learning and that hopefully... Lord willing, and I'm sure will be the case, you're really able to help impact the body of believers in learning how to help those in trauma. So that's super exciting. Mm -hmm. And what's more exciting is all the things you're going to learn, and then you're going to come back and tell us all about it. Yay. Yes, I can't wait. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us and just kind of giving us a good, clear perspective and some tips and some advice on things to do, not to do, and just how to see things a bit more clearly. I am grateful. Thank you for having me. It's um, been such a pleasure to be here.